This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. I'm your host, John Rush, Rush to Reason, KLZ 560. Happy Monday, everybody. Glad you're joining us today. We appreciate it very much. I don't know that Andy and I ever did the impossible question on Friday, so let me give it to you. What was the first toy to be advertised on television? I would never have guessed this, by the way. Mr. Potato Head was the first toy advertised on television and yes i had a mr potato head as a kid i'm sure you did too charlie that's most of us did as kids Uh, he was actually born in 1952 and why do i say he because mr potato head was mister there was a mrs potato head too that came along if i'm not mistaken charlie anyways it was uh born at the pawtucket rhode island based toy company hasbro Began making history at a very early age as the first toy to be televised on television. The original Mr. Potato Head contained only parts such as eyes, ears, noses, and mouths. And parents had to supply children with real potatoes for face-changing fun. Eight years later, a hard plastic potato body was included with Mr. Potato Head to replace the need for a real potato. I did not know that part of it either. So I guess back in the real days, you had to have your own potato. Today's impossible question, answer this on the RushToReason.com website. Most of you should know this. My wife and I were actually talking about this over the weekend. Name the day this month when the number of daylight hours equals the number of nighttime hours, otherwise known as the autumnal, make sure I'm saying that right, autumnal, autumnal, the autumnal equinox. Say that one or give us that date. That is on the RushToReason.com website. Dave Bancroft from Veteran Windows and Doors uh, was supposed to join us right now, which I'll just talk a little bit about, Dave. I, I'm guessing, because I know how Dave works, that he is out on a call and most likely got involved in something that he is involved in now and can't call us, which is fine. I, I get it. He's a businessman, and he is trying to do business. And I know enough about what Dave does to talk about Dave and Veteran Windows and Doors because I've had Dave out to my own home. And I will tell you that the thing I really enjoy the most about Dave is it, this is not a high-pressure window sales job or, you know, just does windows and doors. I've had some of those, by the way. In fact, I've had a couple of different quotes over the last couple of years on doing some things on my own home. And I will tell you that it was quite the opposite having Dave out. And I know that it's not just because I'm the host of Rush to Reason, no. I know Dave does that every single time he goes out to visit a client. Why do I know that? Because I just know Dave. It's it's just not, there's no, in fact, I'll just say it. Dave could be a little bit more pressured if he wants to be, but he's not. 
He just he's not that guy. He comes out, reviews with you what you have going on. If you want to make a decision on something, that's great. If not, guess what? You're still friends at the end of the day. That's how Dave does it. And what I mean by, you know, no pressure, you know, honestly, Dave could probably, you know, say, hey, you know, I think you should do this or do that. But no, he, he really, it's more of what do you want? What do you want to do to your home? What are your needs? And he'll give you those suggestions. He does a fabulous job. Fabulous. Of explaining the differences in what he has to offer. To the point where he goes right to Provia's website and you just sit down and even pick and choose some of the different things you may want in a window or a door. And by the way, it's not just windows and doors, it's storm doors or screen doors as well. And he's got the full lineup. And it has price points to do that as well, by the way. So bottom line, if you need anything when it comes to windows and doors, Dave's Dave is the guy to call. And I've been through the quote-unquote high-pressure sales where the guy shows up and he's got the UV light in the little trunk. And you go through the whole sales pitch and he's like, let me show you how the, let me show you the light. Let me show your existing windows, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, in my case, it got to that point, I'm like, no, I don't need to see that. Because I know how the gimmick side of that works. And I know it's also not a true representation of what's really going on in your home with windows. I also had said salesman, not Dave at Veteran Windows, but this particular salesperson tell me I needed a lot more windows than what I really wanted. I had Dave come out, look at the exact same windows and said, why, why would you want to replace these? And I'm, Thank you, Dave. I, I don't. There's nothing wrong with them. They work fine. They open and close. There's no drafts. Seals are good. And Dave even looked at everything. He's like, there's, there's no need to replace these windows yeah some of the trim around them is a little faded but you can paint that and handle that and the reality is a little bit of paint's going to go a long ways and no you don't need whole new windows because of that i said thank you for your honesty i appreciate that that's what you're getting with veteran windows and doors i, I have no other way to say it he's just honest he'll come out he'll talk to you and with the cost of energy continuing to go up we're going to talk more about that with solar energy partners in just a few minutes as well uh, the bottom line is costs aren't coming down. They're continuing to go up. And the best way to save is to not have things running, i.e. furnace and or air conditioning. If you can keep things consistent naturally and you don't need to do the offset of you know your furnace running or your AC running, you save money. That's where Dave comes in from, from Veteran Windows and Doors. Have him out. No obligation when you have him out, by the way. No high pressure. He's not going to ask you for a check on the spot. There's no, you know, there's, there's no um, cost for him to come out and sit down and look at your home and decide what you need to do. And again, he will advise you on what you're going to do. One of the first things he'll ask is how long are you going to be here? Because that has a bearing upon what he does and what he tells you he thinks he should, you know, what you should do. Right now, in September, you got another week or so left is all. Two weeks, I should say. This week and next. 25% discount if you place an order right now. That's a substantial discount, by the way, folks. So I would call Dave today, 303-529-0720, 303-529-0720. If you forget that, go right to our website, rushtoreason.com or klzradio.com, and you'll find Dave there as well. Golden Eagle Financial is up next. 
And Al Smith would love to help you also not just save money, but what do you do with that money that you're now saving? How do you invest for the future and then get there and stay there? KLZRadio.com is where you find Al as well. Or call 303-744-1128. While you can't avoid every risk, you can create a plan to make losses less likely with Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial. As you approach retirement, you are less tolerant of market risk because you can't afford to lose money to market volatility. When you reach retirement, you no longer have income to replace what you may lose. Your nest egg is your income because you are no longer employed and usually don't have a consistent cash flow. When you have concerns about the safety of your nest egg due to market volatility, Al Smith and Golden Eagle Financial can help you with strategies that will minimize your risk. In or near retirement, you no longer have the time you did when you were younger to replace what you may lose due to market volatility. Protect the investment of your time and preserve your money with retirement planning from Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial. Connect with Al today at klzradio.com slash money, or you can call Al at 303-744-1128. That's 303-744-1128. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Hey, speak of the devil, Alan Davis from Solar Energy Partners. He and I actually have been texting today. He's going to put a proposal together for me on my commercial building because, yes, he also does commercial. And you can save the same money there. In fact, for a lot of you that have commercial buildings, probably save more money than you even would at home. So, no, this is not just for your home. He can do this for your commercial building as well. And for some of you that have big commercial, uh, you know, big electric bills on your commercial building or your business, you should talk to Alan Davis from Solar Energy Partners as well. But all of you that have homes as well, same situation. Just call Alan. Great guy, by the way. I've very much enjoyed getting to know Alan, and he's got some great programs that fit you and your needs. 303-378-7537. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a roof max treatment. Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs, and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, we are more than happy to do so. Yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. 303-710-6916. Or go to roofsaversco.com and I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. And next, of course, is Solar Energy Partners. That was Roof Savers, which, by the way, you need each together because one of the prerequisites to doing the solar panels on your roof is your roof has to be in top working order with no issues. And we talked with Alan about that on Friday. Dave Hart from Roof Savers can do that as well. So they can partner up, make sure that you're dialed in so that all of it can work together. 303-710-6916 or find Dave at RushToReason.com. When you pay your power bill, 1% of the money is used to hire people whose jobs are to increase your power bill. Never see another rate increase from big energy again when you invest in solar energy for your home with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners. Getting you a return for your solar investment is Alan's main priority. You may even receive a negative bill from the energy company, meaning they pay you. Alan's primary concern is saving you money with solar. 
Enjoy consistent rates, a 30% federal tax credit, and increased market value on your home. Allen only sells what he believes will give you a great financial return. The unprecedented rate increases are only going to continue. Locking in a lower rate now means that no matter what the government lets big energy do, you'll still pay the same rate or less for your energy. Don't pay them to raise the rates on you. Make an investment with your power now. Make your investment today by contacting Allen. Call 303-378-7537. That's 303-378-7537. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. And I had a survey that came via email a few minutes ago, right before I came on air. Now, this is, of course, a conservative-based survey, and it was just to get the the, uh, juices flowing, I'm guessing. But I got this survey that said, can a man get pregnant? Yes or no? I, again, they're trying to be, you know, funny and sort of poke the eye of the left, if you would. But, of course, no, a man can't get pregnant because a man is always a man. A woman that wants to be a man or thinks she's a man that still has all of the parts necessary to get pregnant could... But, no, a man can't get pregnant. It's, how do I want to say this? It's sad, really. I mean, we joke and I laugh around a lot about this and so on, but really it is sad when when we actually have individuals out there that claim men can be pregnant. They They cannot. We all know that. This is just regular old common sense biology. A man is a man, a woman is a woman, and no matter what, you cannot change that. I don't care how much mutation, mutilation, I guess what I should say, somebody goes through to change, that's, that's who they still are. But, but, on a better note here, on a positive note, I should say, Biden says the pandemic is over. I believe that was on 60 Minutes last night. It's done. We're finished. Over. Those of you that are still donning the mask and social distancing, no more. It's over, according to Dr. Biden. Dr. Joe Biden. I'm guessing he's now a doctor because if he says the pandemic's over, then that must be what it is. Now, we've been talking about it being over for quite some time. In fact, I've gone as far as to say, and I've been challenged on this, but haven't been proved wrong yet, that was it ever really one in the first place? Again, I go back to the original definition was widespread death, which we never had. The numbers, even now, going back and looking at what happened during the pandemic, aren't any higher than we've had any other year. The difference is we highlighted every death with COVID, not from COVID, with COVID, that we didn't do with other illnesses. And frankly, we're still doing that. I still will read different publications and things out there, you know, where, where somebody has had something and now they've got some sort of a, a byproduct or a, a, you know, side effect from having COVID. And I'm thinking, did we ever in the history of news, 
Now I'm, I'll throw this at Charlie. Did we ever in the history of news highlight any type of other type of illnesses that had come from any other illness long term? In the news on a routine basis. Somebody had influenza, now they've got such and such, and it's continuing on. <clears throat> Which, by the way, these things have happened. People get influenza, they get pneumonia, and they have permanent lung damage. You know, on and on we go. These things have happened in the past, but did we ever hear about it? Of course not. We've only been hearing about this since COVID. No other illness that I that I can look, you know, think back on in my lifetime. Fifty, almost fifty-eight years now. No other illness can I think of where we had so much publicity. That's what I'm calling it. So much coverage of a particular illness that literally every single thing that's happened, we know about. People have had diabetes through the years. They've had heart failures and issues, bypasses and so on through the years. They've had cancers of all types. Occasionally you'll hear one of those stories, which I'm not saying we shouldn't, but what I'm getting at is none of the other illnesses that are out there that people have do those get highlighted, like COVID. Guaranteed, you could go to just about any mainstream media publication today, website, and find something on the site having to do with COVID. I think you'd be hard-pressed, and it's not daily anymore. At one time it was. But if you can't go to a site and find something there about COVID, I would be shocked. Shocked. Why? Because we have highlighted this thing to death. But now, because the midterms are just around the corner, which we frankly predicted here on Rush to Reason would happen, it, magically the pandemic's now over. I'm not sure what changed from a week ago. Biden says we're still working on it. Not sure what that means. And yet we live in a state right now of Colorado whereby they claim it's still going on and we still have emergency orders in effect that I think run until at least the middle of October. I did a story on that a couple of weeks ago, Charlie. I think it was, I'd have to look, but I want to say somewhere around October 15th or so is when they extended it to. But now we have Biden coming out saying, no, 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 it's over. It's gone. Done. So is the health department in Colorado going to now come out along with Governor Polis and say, yep, we agree it's over? Or are they going to continue this emergency order until the middle of October? Folks, I've said it. I'll keep saying it. This has never, ever been about your health. Not since day one. This has been 100% about control, about the money, about what they can extract, and what they can do with this, not about your health. Are there certain individuals in healthcare where they've been concerned about you? Yes, I'm not taking anything away from those individuals. By and large, though, especially when when we look at the government level, of what they've done with COVID, it's never been about your health. It's always been about, in their case, the money, the money and the control. I'm sorry, folks. That's what it's been about. I've said that over and over. I was saying that early on in 2020, in March of 2020, 
I was saying that, especially in April, once we learned what was going on and how it was being used against us. This has never once been about your health, despite what the authorities may tell you. They've told you all along that it's for your health, but no, it's not. This is about power, control, money, what states can get from the feds, which is still us as taxpayers. How can they disperse that? There's an article, and I, don't, I didn't get a chance to get into it today and, and review it, but there's an article out where a division of Axios here in Colorado, I don't know if you read this, Charlie, or not, but a division of Axios has dug into where has the pandemic money gone in Colorado? What has it funded, by the way? And there are some places where it's funded things as little as one of the counties got 750 bucks for some two-way radios, all the way up to millions of dollars that are, that are unaccounted for in certain areas. A lot of Colorado's pandemic money, by the way, went to the private prison system in Colorado to give bonuses out to guards to help these companies, quote-unquote, continue on, I guess. But the majority of money in Colorado that we got, federally speaking, again, it's all still our money, but the money that Colorado gained from the federal government, which is still, uh, which is still us, everybody seems to forget that, but the majority of that money went to the private prison groups in Colorado. I will dig that article up and see if Andy and I maybe can't even go through that tomorrow and prove my point that this has never been about health, that it's always been about the money, the control, the power. And I knew that early on because even back then, Andy, I, Charlie, others that I had on that we interviewed were talking about just how, how much the data didn't support their decisions. It never did. It never supported shutting down the economy. It never supported sheltering at home. It never supported the, the you know, across-the-board mask-wearing and on down the road we go. It never, the data never supported any of that. We spent millions of dollars on hospitals that sat empty, converted buildings we turned into hospitals, i.e. the convention center, where not only did we spend a boatload of money for that, but we lost out on all of the tourism and other things that would have come from holding those conventions and keeping it open. Like, by the way, some other states did. So not only did we spend money wastefully, we also didn't keep things open and receive the revenue we should have across the board to support the things that we need as a state. And why we're not calling out our current governor for some of this is beyond me. We should be. I don't normally watch TV ads, but I happened to watch a few yesterday because I did watch a little bit of football and I watched a little bit of Monday Night Football last night and I did see a few ads that ran. And let me tell you this, the ads that are running, talking about Polis, somebody should be dissecting and showing where they're all wrong. They have twisted those things around to make that guy look like a hero, and he's not. He was not your friend during COVID. He was your arch enemy. And yes, I'm saying that publicly because he was. Again, I'll close with this. The response to COVID has never once and still isn't about public health. It is about everything but 
And I, I, by the way, I challenge people all the way through the beginning of COVID until now. Nobody's, nobody's come up yet and told me that I'm wrong and can prove it. If you look, again, at just the data, the sheer volume of dollars and where they've gone, what's happened to the you know, different businesses and so on out of all of this, it's never once been about public health. My producer, Ann, I'll see if I can't read her message, but I think what she's saying is, had this been about COVID, you would have seen more PSAs on how to stay healthy, how to boost your immune system. She said, anyone with any common sense health-wise would know that this was not about your health and government handled this completely wrong. You are correct, producer Ann, 100%. And the more we go down this path and the more we look back, the more everybody realizes how wrongly it was handled. To the point where I'm guessing down the road it will be taught as to what not to do in a crisis like what we had. I should say a man-made crisis like we had. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. Uh, Not only are they looking for help, but they want to take care of your plumbing needs as well, whatever that happens to be. And as we head towards the fall, there are things around the house that need to to be taken care of, i.e., get your hot water heater, your water heater flushed. Get your swamp cooler taken care of and shut down. Getting to that point now. Anything else that you know needs done, take care of now sooner than later, and High Five can do all that for you. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or find them at klzradio.com. Come join the High Five team. High Five Plumbing has been in business for over 10 years in Denver, Colorado, and was recently awarded Denver Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year. We are a family business focused on residential service with two locations in the Denver metro, and we're hiring. We're currently looking for plumbing technicians, installers, apprentices, customer service representatives, and dispatchers. High Five offers competitive perks with full medical benefits, including health, vision, and dental, paternity and maternity leave, unlimited time off with advance notice, and 48 hours of PTO. Strategize your career and work at High Five Plumbing. Our apprentice program will teach you and guide you to become a plumbing technician. You'll be around our best senior technicians in the industry. No matter what you apply for, High Five offers regular training and career development opportunities. Apply to be a part of the High Five Plumbing Crew and find a professional, growth-oriented community where every workday ends with a high five. Apply at HighFivePlumbing.com and click on Now Hiring. All right, Michael Bailey Law, Mobile Estate Planning is next. And I love when I get messages like this. I've got a good friend of mine. In fact, you guys know him. I talk about him all the time. Uh, Louie, who is my pinstriper, does all my pinstriping on all my cars. And we, we did a car show together here not long ago. Louie was asking for some help on the estate planning side of the fence for a family member. And I just, not more than five minutes ago, got a message from Louie that said, thanks for Michael Bailey. What a great guy and very helpful. There you go. I, I, I don't need to add anything to that. If you need help estate-wise, which all of us do, by the way, give Michael a call today. KLZRadio.com, 720-394-6887. Michael Bailey talks about the darkness of facing a life-or-death situation up front, so you and your family don't need to worry about it later. He does everything in his power to make it less scary while teaching you what you need to know about end-of-life and crisis scenarios. Unfortunately, you're either prepared or you're not. There is no middle ground. So you should be involved now in who gets to make the big decisions about what happens to you later when you aren't able. Michael Bailey helps you understand what you need in your estate plan and why, doing everything in his power to take the fear out of it. 
You want to be prepared for how an unplanned situation could affect your loved ones, even though it's hard to think about now. In the long run, you and your family will be well prepared and more confident about the unforeseen. Mobile estate planning from Michael Bailey means you don't need to dwell on the what-ifs. Set up a free, zero-risk consultation at klzradio.com estate today. Save the Storks, folks. We're trying to help them raise money to build a stork bus here in Colorado. Great event last week, by the way. That you, a lot of you went out to it. Mike Ward, Le, Le McLaren, and appreciate each and every one of you doing that. In the meantime, though, if you want to help out Save the Storks, it's easy. Just go to the website, savethestorks.com. My birth mother recently told me that she drove two hours to a clinic to abort me. But when she arrived for her appointment, she changed her mind and instead found an adoption attorney. My name is Diane Ferraro, and I'm the CEO at Save the Storks. I need you to join me in our mission to help us give women in Colorado the chance to choose life for their babies. We need you to give generously and help us get a mobile medical unit that will serve women right here. Some of you own a business or lead a group, and your donation of $1,000 or more would save dozens of babies. When the mother sees that ultrasound for the first time, please visit SaveTheStorks.com and donate today. Now, back to Rush to Reason. Brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today, by the way. I I do appreciate it very much. I know I say that a lot, and I probably sound like a broken record, but I sincerely mean that. Uh, I do appreciate each and every one of you, and we have some fantastic listeners. I, I hear from a lot of you. You guys send me all sorts of different articles, and some of you will send me an article and apologize. N- never apologize for sending me something. That's never a problem. Uh, you know, some of you will say, I apologize. I know you get all sorts of things, but I just thought you should know about such and such. You know, I had one of those today, and I didn't know about it, so thanks for sending it. Again, I, guys, I cannot capture everything that's out there, and there's a lot of things that you guys will run into. That You know, this is a collective thing that we're doing here. We're all on the same team trying to get to the same place, save our country. And if there's something that you see that you think would be of interest of others, send it. I, I will almost always add it to my notes. Now, I will say this with a disclaimer. I may not get to it. Okay? There's a lot of things. In fact, I've got several things in this first hour today I'm not going to get to. Just the way it is. But I, you know, don't think for a second I'm not reading it and that I'm not going to put it in at some point. I, I still read it. I still appreciate it. And you never have to apologize for sending me something. That is, that is not ever a problem at all. Just keep sending, and we collectively can, can learn more. And I do appreciate that. This was something that my wife actually sent me. <clears throat> and this comes from the Chautauqua Dining Hall in Boulder. If, if you've never been up there and been to Chautauqua, number one, you know, first of all, it's probably one of the prettiest places on planet Earth. Not, not exaggerating. Chautauqua sits at the base of the Flatirons, which if for some of you that maybe are from not here and you've not really ever been to this area, but you are here now, the Flatirons up in Boulder are the big, huge flat rocks that sit up. To, literally, they jettison right out of the ground, straight up, and are some of the most beautiful sites on planet Earth. I'm not exaggerating. There's very few places in the world that have that look. It's what's made Boulder so famous, by the way, are the Flatirons. It's why a lot of things in that area are called flat irons, whatever, because that's where that name came from. So Chautauqua, in the old days, I don't know how long it's been around, Charlie, but 
plus years, I'm guessing. Back in the day, it was sort of a dining hall and a get-together place, and the rich and famous would come there and dine and hang out, and they could stay there. I think there was a hotel. There was all sorts of things, and I don't know all the history exactly. You think I would being a Boulderite, but that was before my time. I've always known it as Chautauqua Dining Hall. Well, there was a menu that was posted from the Chautauqua Dining Hall just last week. And in this menu has all their regular things that they're doing, which is fine. But what I was focused on is what I call a living wage tax. At the bottom of the menu, it now says, and this isn't the only place, I'm not picking on them, I'm just using this as an example. At the bottom of the menu, it now says, a 4% kitchen living wage surcharge will be added to each guest check to address the growing wage disparity among restaurant employees. This fee goes directly to hardworking and creative kitchen staff. We ask for your support in this new sustainable practice. Well, let me say something really quick. It's only sustainable as long as somebody's willing to pay it. That includes Chautauqua or any other restaurant. Okay? That, that, that is, I am going to call them out on that one. Is it sustainable? <laughs> Depends on what your patrons say. Maybe, maybe not. 4%, I get it. It's not a ton. It's not 10, but it's 4%. And rather than doing it the way I would say you should do it as a business consultant would be to raise your prices 4%. And if you feel as the owner of the restaurant, you want to give that 4% to your kitchen staff, then be my guest. But please, as a restauranteur, Do not put a, what I call, living wage tax on the bill for your patrons. I think it's an insult. I'm being straight up honest. I think it's an insult. I would not go back to this place and probably won't go there at all knowing this is there. Why? Again, it's an insult. If you want to pay your kitchen staff more money, then pay them more money. And as a business consultant... Figure out what your costs are. Figure out what you need to do on the retail level and charge so. And people will choose if they want to do business with you or not. But please don't guilt me, which is what this is, by the way. Please don't guilt me into paying an extra 4% on my bill. That's just total, total garbage as far as I'm concerned. And I call it the living wage tax, which my other problem with this is, would somebody please define a living wage for me? That term gets thrown around so loosely now that what does it mean? What is it? What is a living wage? Is that $5 more than minimum wage? Is it minimum wage? Is it $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year, $60,000 a year? What, What is it? What's a living wage? I had a family member once that used that term, and I said, please define that for me. And they sort of looked at me kind of starry eyed. It just happened to be a uh, nephew-in-law, okay, so not somebody I was close to, but a nephew-in-law, which gave me a little more opportunity to be a little more brash like I typically am and call him out on it. I basically said, tell me what that is, please. I hear that tossed around a lot. Tell me what a living wage is. I get this look like, well, you should just know. And I asked again, I said, please explain to me what a living wage is. At the end of the conversation, I think he knew full well where I was coming from because it's not definable. Because I got the, well, you know, it's enough to pay rent, enough to pay this. Enough. I said, okay, where? 
where? What, what, what area are we talking about? What lifestyle do you have that you think you need a living wage for? I mean, we went into all these little minutiae of different directions, and I, I never got a straight answer. Why? Because there isn't one. And again, this is a pet peeve of mine. I hate the term living wage. Guess what? You earn the living you're worth. Oh, what did I just say? You earn the living you're worth? Yeah, you earn the living that you're worth. Go ahead, John and Cheyenne. Hey, um, if I can't understand these people. First of all, I would refuse to pay it if it wasn't on the menu or posted that they were adding that prior to me sitting down and order my meal. Well, it's on the menu, so I guess in a way it's posted, but I still wouldn't like it. No, if, if it was on the menu and I saw it before I ordered, I'd just get up and leave. And when they said why, I'd say, I'm not, I'm not paying a living wage tax. Raise your, like you were saying, charge what you have to to pay your employees so they don't want to go to another place. Yeah, don't, you know, you don't, what I would say exactly is don't put their raise on me. I don't have a problem paying an extra 5 or 10% in a restaurant. I've been to a grocery store. I know everything's more expensive. Exactly. So, but my but point, don't... John, is, is to me, here, here's what I'm thinking. A lot of these restaurants, they're doing both. They're double dipping. They're getting you and I to pay the tax while at the same time raising their prices. And all the while, all the kitchen gets is the 4%. Right. And then the other thing, I'm, and I'm, I know you dine out fairly often, my wife and I do, and she's in this country. Um, but you notice the service is getting worse? Yes, it is. You're correct. And you know what? I have stopped doing an automatic 20. I have gone back to an automatic 15. And if you want 20, you need to earn it. John, I've kind of done and, the same thing. And if you really give me outstanding service, I'll do 25. Oh, I will too. I, I, and I'll, give you, I'll give you an example of that. Of that. So, now, And I'm going to give this restaurant a plug. I don't normally do this, but... Getting to where I've known the owner, you know, we we frequent this place quite sure. often, and the owner comes up and says hi and knows me and my wife, and it's a great experience. And that is the loft in uh, I don't know what you call it, Arvada, I guess, West Arvada, Northwest Arvada. And I'll tell you, John, okay. we had a wait. We, we went over there a Friday night, and you know, had a little waiter that was you know younger younger guy, I should say, and came up and waited on us, super nice, and handled everything just well. And at the end, by the way, I was very impressed with this. At the end. He brings me a credit card machine that I was able to do everything right at the table, and he didn't take my card to some obscure place. I have no idea where it's going, which, by the way, I said, you know what? Tell your owner this is a huge plus and probably will keep me coming back because, frankly, every restaurant in America should be doing exactly what you're doing here and quit being cheapskates about how they do their credit card processing. So I gave him a big, huge attaboy. Of course, the owner is there, and always tell him what a great meal it is and so on. And it, by the way, is it's great food, great sure. service. And to your point, John, the servers there, all of the servers there, I've never had a bad experience yet. They're great. Okay, well, and those... Those are the people that you want to give 25%. And I gave that guy 25% is my point because of everything you just said. Right. Uh, Exactly. But the reverse is when you want your water refilled and you got to actually ask for it because they're not even paying attention to you. I'm not giving you 20% anymore. I'm sorry. And, and by the way, I made a mistake on the name. It's it's actually not not the it's Lot One. I always get it wrong. Lot One is the name of the place over there in West Arvada, those of you that are in that area. Lot One is the name. Great place, by the way. Okay. But uh, the other thing I was going to mention with restaurants and stuff is they're adding all these fees and everything on. You know what? Do away with tipping. 
if you sat down and said, we are adding a 50% gratuity for all our wait staff at the bottom of the check and put that on the menu, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I and I've got a restaurant that I know of that's done that, John. And here's my only issue with that. To me, there's less incentive for the server to do a good job when they do that. Well, exactly. But the opposite is, if they're really good, you can add a few bucks extra. Well, on you can. Yeah, that okay? I'll give you that. Yes, that's true. You can. But going back to the credit card machine, the last time my wife and I went to Canada. That's Canadian law. They are oh, that's not the standard. allowed. Yeah, they don't have any choice. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and Europe is the same way. They don't take your card. And they I don't like laws, John, and I don't necessarily want a law here in the U.S., but why more? Right, right. You know, why restaurant owners, you know, stop being cheap and get the machine. That's really what it boils down to, John. It's a matter of the restaurant being cheap. And the other thing is it's quicker. Yes, you get a faster table turn out of it. You walk over, the guy hands you the check, you pull out your credit card, you hand it to him, and he has the machine right there. And You're you leave. Done. You're not waiting for it. Right. Why, you know, why, why waste 15, 20 minutes waiting for that process? You don't have. You shouldn't have to. Well, a couple weeks ago, we were down around the airport, and I was dropping my wife off, and we stopped to get a bite to eat. And I asked the guy for the check, and it took him 15 minutes to bring me the check. I'm yep. not going to badmouth the restaurant. The food was really good. He comes back, finally, he goes, oh, there was a problem with the printer for the check. Meanwhile, I must have saw five other people get their checks from different wait staff. Right. So he, right. he lied to me. Yes, he did. He did that. that he forgot. Him five, right? He forgot. He got a 15%. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Good and point. You know what? If he, walked, and if he walked up and said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot, I would have been okay with that. Right. But when you just come right out and say, oh, our machine wasn't working right, well, don't tell me that. Because it was a big enough restaurant that you had to have more than one machine, too. Agree. Yeah. You know, Good point. So, I don't know. Um, John, it's getting, I don't know, it's just getting worse with these fees. And you guys got it worse in Colorado because of Tabor. They keep just saying, all right, we're going to add this fee. We're going to add that fee because they can't raise the taxes. Correct. And you wind up paying it. And the thing is, like, as a business, you can't write off a fee like you could write off taxes. Correct. So, yep. I don't know. Great John, point. have a great day. You Bob. too, John. Appreciate it. Joe in Jersey, what's going on? John, on living wage, I want to share an interesting conversation I've had. I've actually had it more than once, <laughs> yeah. but one that sticks in my mind. Let's hear it. Uh, somebody said, well, I said, what's living wage? Well, it shouldn't be, it needs to be 200% of the poverty level. I said, okay, I'm looking at the poverty level, and right now for a single individual, that's uh, $13,000 a year. So let me ask a question. I hired the guy, and he's saying that you should be required to pay employees uh, 200% of the poverty level. Okay, well, I'm looking at the 13000 So I hire the guy, and then a month after he comes in, he said, I just, he said, I married my pregnant girlfriend, and she just had a baby. That now makes my family poverty level um, 23000 and two times 23 is 46000 So you need to give me a raise instead of $13 an hour. You need to give me a bump to $26 an hour because I got married and my girlfriend had a baby. Mm-hmm. That's the, the fallacy of that's, a living that's wage. That's the mentality, you know? yep. But it's a, it's, it's a floating – there is no such thing. There's no definitive living. answer, is there, Joe? No, it can't be because it varies on it, it, you know how many kids do you have. If your wife has another baby, yep. I mean, whatever – let's say some government – we're, we're going to fix living wage at 175% of poverty level. 
well, you get married, does that mean you get a raise? Your wife has a baby, your wife has twins, does that mean you automatically get a raise? And why should that be the employer's responsibility uh, to adjust your compensation just because your wife had a baby? And you know the answer to this, Joe. It's not, and I've said this numerous times, if you want whatever you think is a living wage, then you go work and make yourself valuable enough to earn that kind of money. Otherwise, shut up. Right, and if you and if what you're worth, working one job isn't enough to meet your needs, then go get work, two. Go get two. Work at you know I can't tell you how many times I've worked more than one job. Thank you, Joe. Time. I think you know you and I. You know, of course, you and I are very much you know similar in background and how we were raised and so on. But yeah, to your point, the, you know, forty hours a week. You know, yeah, that's my first part-time job because there's eighty in the week you can work pretty easily. John, you know, you ask any farm kid, and you know, I was a farm kid. 40 hours a week, that's like half time. I mean, that's, that's like working part time. It's, that's what, you know, you, you, when you're a farmer, your, your day basically starts at sunrise. Actually, in the wintertime, it starts before the sun comes up. But in the summer, your day would go from 6 to, well, 6 to 5.30. Right. You know, you were, you were working an 11 half hour day with half hour for lunch. So, you know, you're putting in 11 hours a day. Um, and by the way, right. when people talk about a 40-hour week, that 40-hour week, that includes their, their lunch breaks and their coffee breaks, so they're actually not even working Not even 40. 40. That's right. That's exactly not right. Not working, working the full 40. But, you know, your typical farmer is working 55, 60 hours a week on a slow week. Yeah, it's not even uh, sun up to sun down anymore, Joe, because you know different times of the year. that it, In some cases, that might be 24 hours straight, depending upon what they have going on. Yeah, if, you know, there's uh, something, you know, if you've got to get a crop in, you know, before it snows. or you That's have right. A, you're going to three-day range. For instance, if you've got to get your corn harvested, and I've been here, I've been there at night. Let's say you got a, a field full of corn ready to be harvested to turn into silage, and there's going to be this massive storm that's going to turn your cornfield into a mud pit, and nothing's going to work. You're going to be out there, and I've literally been out day harvesting and night. Corn. That's right. I've been harvesting corn at three o'clock in the morning with the lights on and the tractor. There you go. If, if we didn't get it in. It was going to, the field was going to turn to mud and we would never get it in. It would be a lost crop. Joe, Joe, where, you know, where has that ethic, you know, how how and where did it go? You know, I think we've, as a society, John, we've gotten too comfortable. Things have gotten too easy. I mean, well, first of all, hardly nobody reads a newspaper or anything, but I remember at 14 years old, it's sub, you know, it's, it's 12 degrees outside and I'm, I'm, I'm delivering newspapers. We well, had to bundle them first, Joe. I mean, I did the same I, thing. Yeah. So you got to bundle them first. Don't forget to bundle them and right. put the inserts in, and and you know do all that ahead of time. Right, because they it came they just in come in a stack. No, it came in two different bundles. That's you had to right. bring them into the house, cut the bundles, <laughs> uh, combine the bundles. That's right. And and then I could only carry, John. I could only carry because I was only fourteen. I could probably only carry. 20, 25 papers at a time. I'd go deliver the so make two runs. Yeah. Right. And then come back to the house and get the rest of them. And I'm doing this, you know, it's eight degrees outside right. and I'm delivering papers in the dark. Right. At 14 years That's old. That's right. Yep. No kid I know, I haven't met a kid in the past 20 years has come close to doing anything remotely like that. Nope. You're correct. Uh, we've, we've made it too easy. Every, every kid has an iPhone. They all got a PlayStation. This mere suggestion you need to get out of bed at 630 in the morning and deliver newspapers would be viewed as child abuse in this society. In our yep. society. Used, uh, I'm serious. No, you're right. No, I, I used to get that from my own kids at times where they didn't want to get up. You know, this, this is child abuse. Where's the labor laws? I'm like, that doesn't apply to family. Get up. We're going to work. No, but, but John, think about our society, how 
soft. We oh, yeah, become. I know, Joe. I know. Soft it, and it's a fear I have, by the way. It's a fear because when a society gets that soft, we're vulnerable. Yeah. Now, by the way, thank goodness. Now, unfortunately, only about you know 4% of Americans still work on a farm, and you'll still find that work ethic in, in uh, farm families. But outside of farm families, um, John, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in the past. No, you, you, have to be, you have to get into a self-employed situation where even the owners are willing to make sure that their kids do what they're supposed to. I had that conversation today with one of my clients saying, the uh, question was, is it, is it against the labor law if my 11-year-old shovels snow this winter? I said, absolutely not. I said, is it a direct family member? And he said, it's my son. I'm like, get him out there and get him shoveling. <laughs> and that's it. My brother, my brother, who was two years younger than I, when it would snow in our town, we would get our – nobody had snowblowers. By this, I'm talking, John, back right. in the 60s. Right. Nobody had – we would get wrap our snow shovels, and it would be – you know, we go out in the evenings after school. Yep. I mean, you know, in, in December, it's dark at 4.30. We'd come home after – you know, we'd go out, and we would be shoveling snow, uh, you know, from, say, 4 o'clock till 7 o'clock. And then come home and have a late dinner after we sh- if we we both shoveled snow for three hours. We, we'd probably shovel five or six driveways. And, and you walk. guys are better men for doing that. And that's my fear today, Joe, is we're not doing that. Yeah, I, John. When was the last time a kid, maybe not your to when was the last time? Can you name a kid that you know of any of your kid of any of your friends who has ever in their life gone knocked on somebody's door and said, "Would you like me to shovel your sidewalk?" None. None. Zilch. Never. Doesn't work. N- yeah. Never happened. No. Joe, it's always great. Appreciate what you add, as always. Good stuff. And no, folks, Joe's right. We are, we are not raising a generation of hard workers. We're, genera- we're raising generations, plural now, of folks that don't know how to work. In fact, we've got this new, this new uh, uh, statement now where it's work. What is it? Uh, what is it? Work your wage, Charlie's what they call it. Work your wage. So if you are, you know, if you're making. Or, you know, act your wage, work your wage, dumbest thing I've ever heard. Andy and I are going to talk more about that tomorrow, by the way. In the meantime, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is coming up next. And I tell you what, I have talked to, personally, a lot of the technicians that work at Absolute. Why? Because I've got things going on at my own home, and frankly, I don't have time to dink around with it. So I just call them. And they come out, and I will tell you this. There's not been a technician yet that comes out that, that I have not enjoyed speaking with and, and really getting to know them and having a a uh, how do you want to say is building a relationship with them when they're out and that's exactly what absolute electrical heating and air is all about right now they've got a furnace tune-up special which get that done now they'll save you money i was talking to connor today from absolute about how that's an energy saving as well because the better it works and performs the more energy you're going to save 720-526-0231 You don't think about it, but without protection, everything that is plugged directly into your home's electrical system is at risk. That includes everyday necessities that drastically impact your quality of life. Whole home surge protection installed with absolute electrical heating and air safeguards your everyday essentials. When lightning strikes your home or when snow causes down power lines, this can create a hazardous power surge. When you have faulty wiring or an electrical overload due to too much power being drawn, this can also create a hazardous electrical spike. Absolute doesn't just safeguard key electrical components. They protect your peace of mind in the future, too. Surge protection installation with Absolute is a fail-safe against a disaster you didn't see coming. Protect yourself today. Call 720-526-0231 or visit klzradio.com slash absolute. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. 
All right, I had the ladies from uh, KNR Home Transitions on with me on Fix It Radio on Saturday and had a great time, by the way. In fact, you'll hear that tomorrow between 2 and 3 p.m. right here on KLZ 560. So if you missed Saturday morning and you want to hear Catherine and Robin from KNR, listen tomorrow between 2 and 3. We had a fantastic discussion. Anything else you might need from them, call 720-437-8210. With KNR Home Transitions, you get more than you see on the surface and two experts for the price of one. Can you imagine if you had to hire two realtors? With each of them having different areas of expertise, they are able to do more than the typical agent to help you get the best deal for your home purchase or to sell your home for top dollar fast. After all, one agent simply can't know everything or do everything. Speaking of doing, Cat and Robin are not shy about getting their hands dirty. From cleaning toilets to laying baseboards, they've done it. As a team, they work hard in tandem because they realize that you need more from the current housing market and you need more for your home. K&R Home Transitions does everything in their power to go above and beyond throughout the buying and selling process because it is truly about you and doing their best for you. Get more than you see on the surface. Get two for the price of one. Visit klzradio.com slash home. Again, that's klzradio.com slash home. Powered by Worth Clark Realty. American National Insurance is up next. And Paul Lewinberger, my agent, would love to save you money as well. And one of the ways to do that is to adjust your policy to fit your needs and have the right deductibles. 303-662-0789. In tough times when gas is high and inflation is making everything more expensive than it was before, it's tempting to cut your coverage, but you never have. You know that the market will go up and down over time. Instead of cutting your coverage, you work with Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance because he rewards your responsibility with his rebate program. You're the type of person who already handles everything on the front end. So by working with Paul, you get a return for your investment because you treat insurance like insurance and not a bank account. You don't make claims on every little ding and scratch you notice on your vehicle when you didn't park well. You expect wear and tear and budget for small expenses. You budget because you know that when the economy gets worse, less people will be fully insured. Cutting back costs them more than the money they thought they were saving. Call Paul right now, 303-662-0789. Again, 303-662-0789. You're already responsible, so get rewarded for it. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. All right, Jim in Wellington, you're next. Got a minute, sir. Go ahead. Hey, John. Hey, I just went on uh, some of the work. If you own a business and there really is no law for your family, you can start any time, any age. That's right. And also... Also, people may not know if you own a business and you start them out, put them on payroll and start a Roth IRA for them. There's no age limit on that. I started my youngest daughter at nine years old. There you go. Great advice. I had, I had an automotive shop, and, I, and so she was nine years old. My twins were 11 and put them on a small payroll, had them come in once a week, help clean the shop, and put part of that toward a Roth IRA, so they were way they're way ahead of the game now in their twenties. Good so. for you, Jim. We did this. We did very similar things when our kids were little. They are they all learned to work very early, knew how to manage money and take care of things along those lines. And as a business owner, that's one of the best benefits there is. 
Absolutely. Good yep. stuff, Jim. Good Thank day. you. Great reminder. And, and he is spot on. There's all sorts of things that you guys that are self-employed and have even young kids. I mean, they could be five, six, seven years of age, and you can start doing things. Like it's like Jim said, there's no age limit. Even on them working, you can start teaching them a work ethic and pay them a small fee and start doing that right off the bat. I don't care. They, if they can run around and, and sweep the floors and start doing things, emptying trash and so on, you can put them to work, and you should be. That's it for Hour 1. If you missed it, any of this, catch it between 6 and 7 p.m. If it's close to 7, thank you so much for listening. Up next, Hour 2, Luke Lentz is going to join us, and we are going to talk about Instagram identity crisis. We'll be right back. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.